0: I'm ready when you guys are. You good? Yep. Yeah. Ready to roll? Be there, Excellent. Uh, be recording yourselves, just in case. Uh, yep. But I've been getting good call quality in my uh, yep. recent recording, so hopefully I'll just be able to pull the whole thing on my end. And
1: uh-huh.
0: let's <laughs> do. hey, I can always pull the whole thing on my end. <laughs> uh, let's get it going, guys. Five, four, three, two, one make may 2023 gems happen now oh yeah what is going on everybody it's game that tune gems and it's back in your house once again it's your boy john harrington here i got john regan with me say hey hey and i got jesse moore say hey Hey! Hell yeah guys, welcome in, Game That Tune Gems in the house, our Patreon exclusive show where we listen to video game music from games released 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. Man, what a show it's going to be. We got uh, fantastic games from releases in May of 1993, 2003, and 2013. And guys, I gotta say this. Is not one of our most jam-packed shows ever. This is a this is a light one, baby. You know, we got some goodies, but we got some uh, some shruggies as well. There's uh, <laughs> there's just you know some perfectly fine games in this edition of Gems. Um, but uh, you know, as always, I think it's uh, it's fun to you know rediscover some things, discover some things for the first time, and hear some fantastic tunes. And uh, you know, we've been switching things up every now and then on Gems uh, recently, swapping around segments and stuff. Um, and I think tonight we're going to do that. We're going to start, uh, we're going to do the show in reverse instead of doing 30, 20, and then 10, we're going to go 10, 20, 30. So we're starting tonight by going back in time, 10 years to May of 2013. What a time it was. And guys, let's start with a fantastic game that I featured at some point recently on Game That Tune. Um... (laughs) A uh, very cool, interesting little uh, PC release, a simple game of poker, but filled with uh, cartoon characters and video game characters and all kinds of uh, all kinds of wacky crap that nerds like me, uh, you know, really should have uh, should have eaten up probably in larger helpings than they did. There should probably be a third one of these uh, Poker Night 2, uh, also known as Poker Night at the Inventory 2. <laughs> um You guys recall this game uh, from me using it on the show?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, um, but I I do want to make a joke. Uh, You said, you know, this is the second one, and you think that they should definitely make a third one. Well, let me tell you a little something about Valve and making (laughs) threes of games. They uh, do it all the time, yes.
0: (laughs) It's a thing they famously do do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um... So okay, so maybe maybe no Poker Night 3. Maybe that's just Valve's thing. Like, you know, do they they don't ever like tease any like th- it's not like they've ever promised to do a third of anything.
1: Not necessarily no. They just um, make
0: really good games and then never follow up on them or, despite how much people ask.
1: Or they'll make a game that's like set in the same universe like, "Oh, hey, let's make Portal." So maybe they'll make like a Cribbage or something.
0: You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Backgammon Night um it'll be it'll be great yeah you know just a, a roulette game starring brock samson um no but it, uh so yeah it's a uh, poker night 2 which uh just a, a really cool game uh and actually yeah it, it has a lasting legacy on game that tune i don't think johnny has his soundboard pulled up for episodes of gems but uh <laughs> you know it's uh it's having a lasting effect on the soundboard. You know, so suck it somehow replaced space on the S key on Johnny's soundboard and it's led to much confusion. So, uh, <laughs> kind of true to the spirit of claptrap in that sense. <laughs> uh, just disrupting the show, <laughs> uh, ever since appearing on there. But, um, yeah, just, you know, a fun game of poker with Sam and Max and claptrap, Brock Samson of the Venture Brothers, uh, fucking, you know, Ash from the Evil Dead, who else is on that shit? Uh, we just had this game on the show. Um, Gladhouse is uh, the uh, dealer. Who am I not thinking of? Fuck. I Max, Brock, Samson, Ash. Uh, was
1: someone from TF2 in it too? Uh,
0: no, that was the first one. The first one had the heavy. Okay. Plant trap. Shit. I'm really spacing out on this. Um, oh, well. That shows you, you know, just how long-lasting and awesome this game series is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, just you know, fun, weird, uh, nerd game with uh, you know, like I don't know, I'd say beloved, but like cultish beloved characters. Like you know, there's plenty Wait, of people that do love these characters. These are I'm not saying the...
1: this could be one of the very
0: few cult classics. Exactly, this is a very cult classic game. Jesse can look up the uh, you know the view counts on uh youtube to tell us how popular this game is with uh with cult audiences but um well i guess it is just those four I, you know i'm sitting here racking my brain on fucking which characters are in it. I, I named all of them uh oh yeah there's also the guy from monkey island hosting the thing and gladys dealing the thing uh yeah that's why i wasn't able to remember that fifth character the fifth character was me god what a fucking idiot i am <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, uh, a fun game of poker with uh, actually kind of a fun soundtrack. They do some fun kind of lounge music versions of uh, of popular songs from video games. Uh, and, you know, I guess like some things just kind of in the vein of, uh, you know, the source material. There's a fun Venture Brothers sounding song in there. But for uh, tonight's episode, I chose two songs uh, from composer Jared Emerson Johnson. We've got the main theme and then we've got the lovely lounge cover of Still Alive from Portal, because of course we do. It's the most popular song on there, how could I not choose it? Really, uh, really enjoy that uh, that piano version. Of Still alive. It's you know, it's very subtle. If you're not thinking about it, if you don't know you're listening to Still Alive, you just think you got some some good lounge music going. Then you know your ear starts to perk up if you know that Still Alive melody. It's like, hey, wait a minute! I'm a huge video game music loving dork. This is my shit right here. Um, so moving on from a game that uh you know probably needs a uh, needs a sequel too. Uh, a game from a series that i would say probably needs no more sequels. Um and i don't think it's going to get any. I mean it, it last had a sequel in i don't know 2016 or so. But this one is a little game starring two fantastic Nintendo characters by the names of Mario and Donkey Kong. And then it also is starring some little wind-up toys called the Minis. It's Mario and Donkey Kong Minis on the Move for the Nintendo 3DS. Um I know Johnny doesn't have any experience with Mario and or Donkey Kong, and certainly not with the minis. Johnny has no idea who any of these things are. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, but Jesse, uh, did you ever play any of the Mario and Donkey Kong games?
1: A little bit. Is, is it kind of like a lemming situation?
0: Uh, I believe it was at one point. Um, I'm not actually sure that that's what this one is. Uh, I think... Uh, this one's more like uh, you're using the th- uh, 3DS touchscreen to like draw paths on the uh, the bottom screen that then they follow on the top uh, on the top screen, you know, and it's like in 3D. So like there's, you know, traps and things that you got to navigate your way around and I don't know. It's uh it's like you put you put blocks into a grid to try and make a you know, a mini like move from one side of a thing to another uh like huh. get out of a pipe into a goal it's it's cute simple little puzzle game um but uh yeah i don't know i yeah i was kind of counting on david to be here for this one cuz uh it seems like the kind of thing that david would have definitely thought about pulling the trigger on probably you know probably ultimately not done but uh you know i uh, i like this weird little subseries uh mario and donkey kong and their weird little robot things i guess uh I wanna say it's toys. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. But I want to say it started out as like almost like a continuation of like Donkey Kong ninety four, like side scrolling kind of Donkey Kong style puzzle levels and then ultimately evolved into who knows what. Except
1: that game is really good.
0: Right. And I'm sure that there's something good in one of the six Mario and Donkey Kong games but I can't be bothered to find out. And it's on the 3DS and it's in the eShop so now I can't find out. Uh yeah. <laughs> so you know there's another problem. But um cute little game, cute puzzles and inso- involving cute little, you know, uh kind of herky-jerky toy versions of uh Mario and whatnot. Uh with a couple of cute songs from composer James Philipson. Uh, We've got the giant jungle theme number three, and we've got mini, mini mayhem theme number one. So let's, uh, let's get ourselves wound up with some Mario and Donkey Kong. selections were far fartier than I remembered them being. Uh, my goodness, if that makes it to the radio, I'll just go ahead and dump it all into the fart playlist.
1: Yeah, dump uh, it in
0: the fart playlist. <laughs> things we say here on Game That Tune, baby. Uh, <coughs> so let's okay, let's just uh, move on from that to uh, to another DS game starring Donkey Kong. Um, however, uh, this one, it's a uh, it's a port. Of a pretty highly regarded game that came out on the Wii, uh, you know, Johnny, you're still the 3DS guy around here, and you never owned a Wii. So, did you at one point pick up the 3DS port of Donkey Kong Country Returns for the uh, for the 3DS originally for the Wii? Um,
2: let's see. Let me look. Go through my 3DS library here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flip it. Yeah, one, two, three cartridges. Uh-huh. None of them Donkey Kong Country
0: Returns. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Follow up question: You've got Switch. Have you played Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze? I have not. Uh, you know, you should consider doing so. It's uh, it's a fun ass game. Like it's you know, fun modern Donkey Kong Country, and uh, you know this one also pretty fun. I would say Tropical Freeze is ultimately the better game, but uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns a uh, respectable return of the Donkey Kong Country series. You yeah. get, uh, get to play as Donkey and Diddy. I don't know how, uh, if at all, there's multiplayer on the 3DS version. I mean, maybe there is. I'm guessing probably not. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just fun uh, fun Donkey Kong Country-style platform and stuff. And this time, it's on the 3DS, so you can take it on the go. And it probably doesn't use nearly as many motion controls as... Uh, The the version on the Wii. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, Johnny, as the 3DS guy, how often do you use the motion controls on the uh, 3DS? I honestly didn't know it had motion controls. Exactly, yes. It doesn't have very many. (laughs) Um, You never tilt your 3DS like a steering wheel and play Donkey Kong Country with it? absolutely not yeah, no no
2: <laughs> certainly no not. one thing i don't understand why i control an ape with a wheel that just makes no
0: sense at all well i mean he is like from time to time flying on a rocket barrel so there could be a, a tilty aspect to that um you know also you could see maybe riding a mine cart even though the mine carts kind of just stay on one track they don't really need to be steered um i guess no there's no real good idea for multi uh motion controls in a in this or the original Wii version, really. Uh, As I recall, the original Wii version did not require a whole lot of motion controls. It was more like shake it to make Donkey Kong slap the ground. Uh, Or if you're running, I think you shake the controller and Donkey Kong would do the forward cartwheel thing. Uh, But other than that, it's pretty much just you're playing using the Wii remote as like a Nintendo controller. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, Good games. Cool games. Um, Fucking developed by... uh, What's-their-faces... Uh Retro Studios, the guys that made uh uh Metroid Prime. You know, so a uh, big time contractor of Nintendo, I think probably owned by Nintendo at this point. And uh you know, they did a good job updating Metroids and Nintendo handed them Donkey Kong Country, and now uh God, what the fuck does Retro Studios do now? Like, uh I <laughs> feel like nothing. They should probably uh, probably make a new game at some point. I feel like they uh you know, they were on Metroid Prime four and then I think they had that taken away from them or something. I don't think that game's coming out. Um, but this game did come out. It was Donkey Kong Country Returns for the 3DS. And it's got, uh, as usual, a fantastic soundtrack. You know, they didn't really get back the uh, the jazzy fellas from uh, from Rare for this one. That was more something they did for uh, Tropical Freeze. So, you know, there's no David Wise on the soundtrack. But uh, we do have the fantastic composers Minako Hamano, Masaru Tajima, Shinji Ushiroda, and Daisuke Matsuoka. And we've got two fantastic songs. We've got the Sunset Coast, which is the theme of the nicest and most striking levels in uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns. The ones where the sun's setting in the background and the whole stage is backlit and it's just black silhouettes. And the only thing that's for some reason in color is Donkey Kong's red tie. Uh, Very, very pretty levels. And then we've got the Fire Castle theme. So let's uh, return one more time to Donkey Kong Country Returns. Tunes, you know, not as classic and, and iconic as the music from the original Donkey Kong, but uh, you know, kind of a uh, kind of their own fun flavor. Uh, you know, just love the love the vibe of Donkey Kong. They we should spend more time in Donkey Kong Country, guys. They should make more of those games. Uh, I don't feel like it would be uh, you know diminishing returns for quite some time. I think you know we need to go back to Donkey Kong Country. But uh, speaking of a country that. Uh, you know, I don't want to go back to, Je- uh, Jesse, <laughs> let's talk about some first person shooters, namely oh. this, uh, this first first person shooter, uh, Metro colon last light. Uh, a game I've not played, but I don't know. I threw it on the list cause you know, sometimes we've got to talk about these modern first person shooter games. Uh, Jesse, did you ever play Metro or maybe it's previous game Metro? I want to say 2033.
1: Oh yeah, I think I played a little bit of the first one. Hmm. Um, they're basically like post-apocalyptic games um, where it takes place in like Russia, and you that was the C- speaking Met- of
0: countries I don't want to visit uh, thing. I oh, meant, okay. to, meant to tie that part in by now.
1: <laughs> and uh, you basically use the metro system to get around. Like people live underneath the uh, in the you know subways or whatever. Wonderful because. You know, it's underground, and there's less radiation there for some reason. And um, I remember the one thing that was interesting about it is bullets are also currency. Ooh. And so, like, you have to manage your ammo by, like, do I want to buy uh, some more air, like, filtered air, so I can go out, you know, topside and get more stuff? Hmm. Or do I want to have more bullets to shoot people that are trying to fuck with me? You right, know? Sure. So, um, and it was kind of like, uh, you know, I like I said, I didn't play a lot of it, but I did hear about it a lot. And, you know, it would come up on like, you know, important, you know, first person shooter type games, especially like uh, story driven ones. You know, not your typical like frag fests or whatever. You know? Right. It was very like story driven and stuff. Yeah. Almost an RPG. Oh, really? Shooty. Well, oh,
0: uh, an SRPG. Shooty RPG.
1: Yeah,
3: Shooty RPG.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's more than I've ever uh, known about it. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. Kept it on the list because it's a name I recognized. And uh, I think I was, you know, uh, expecting it to come out on the Wii U at some point And then it didn't. I was like, eh, okay. I, yeah. I guess I'm missing that. <laughs> yeah. Poor uh, poor me being the Wii U owner, you know, way before I was, uh, I think this, uh, Did this come even out on the PS3? Oh, it did come out on the PS3. And then later on the PS4, it took me a long time to get on the PS4 train. Yeah, I was riding the Wii U straight into the Switch for a while there. But yeah, uh, you know, cool game. Post-apocalyptic shooter is pretty cool. Trying to ride that Fallout wave. Um, You know, uh, good times. We all love love first-person shooters set in Russia. So we got two fantastic (laughs) and just uplifting songs from uh, Metro Last Light. (laughs) And composer Alexei Omelchuk, uh, we've got Bunker Blues and we've got Escape. So let's, uh, let's just escape to the wonderful world of Metro Last Light. That second song is much more what I remembered both songs being. I forgot how actually bluesy that first song is. I was kind of laughing at the idea of the bunker blues, but then uh, I was captivated by it. And then, oh, right, there's your uh, Russian nuclear shooter music. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's close this out. This, uh, you know, slightly okay segment on uh, 2013 releases. With another first-person shooter, Jesse, let's talk about, uh, you know, we talked about a shooter set in Russia, so let's talk about a shooter set in uh, a different country, m- more in the uh, on the North American side of things. No, I'm not talking about America, I'm talking about the Call of Juarez, hmm. uh, colon, Gunslinger. Um, You know, I say it's uh, not set in America, it probably is set in America, uh, but, you know, Probably, like, Texas. <laughs> I guess, you know, maybe, maybe the call of Juarez is coming from the other side of the border, and you're probably, you know, killing people to not accept international calling charges. That's probably what it is. I think so. Yeah.
1: Um My limited knowledge of it is it's uh, a cowboy
0: game. Yes. And, yeah, you know, we all like cowboy shit. First-person well, shooter. Well, not
1: everybody. unless. <laughs> There's some punks out there that don't really get on board with the cowboy shit. Yeah,
0: some rude punks don't really uh, care for that cowboy shit. You know, don't don't like those peg warmers. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, it looks fun. Fucking, you know, first-person shooter, like, super violent cowboy game. Johnny, you play much cowboy shit? Can you name a a single game that you've played in which you play as or against a cowboy? Hmm. I think...
2: Feel like neck the weasel's kind of a cowboy because he wears that hat. Well, true that. Oh. Um, That's right. I mean, yeah. But, there's
0: there's the whole in Sonic Mania. There's the wild style pistolero, fucking the, you know, There's those couple of cowboy levels. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Didn't take long to you know, figure that one out. Um. <laughs> but you know, how many how many times in the Sonic series do you actually get into a gunfight or a duel with uh you know another character? Not often enough, to be honest. They really should add more of that. <laughs> you know, not even, not even like a samurai Kirby style gunfight. I, I think Sonic needs a lot of realistic, quick draw. You know, killing each other gunfights, like you know, not just pressing the button and knocking off a funny hat. I think uh, the Sonic series really would do well with a cowboy detour. That I think that's probably what was going to be the follow up to Sonic and the Black Knight. You know, they did the storybook series, so they did the. You know, the uh, fucking Secret Ring Desert, and then they did the Night of the Wind. I think the next logical step was, you know, Sonic and the, the Wild West and, you know, just blowing dudes' heads off.
1: So, what I think they should do is they should remake, uh, well, not, maybe not remake it, because they could use some, like, you know, wacky CG chicanery. Mm. but they should do something with blazing saddles oh. and and replace uh the one character with uh, sonic and then they replace the n word with hedgehog mm and so then oh he's that that hedgehog sheriff
0: yeah okay what if, if what if instead of much more watchable these days what if instead of that if they replace blazing saddles <laughs> with uh like cartoon animals and made it right uh, now? Well, none. They made it a story where like, uh, you know, instead of, like, the Old West, it's more like a samurai setting. You know, what would you think about that, Jesse? i
1: would be okay. Like, you saw Gio Jumbo? Uh,
0: no, they actually literally did this. Uh, this fucking movie came oh. out last year called Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Uh, it's oh, really? like, a, it's a fucking co-production by, like, Nickelodeon or some shit, and it's like dogs, like a dog having to become a sheriff of, like, a Samurai Village, and like I think mm-hmm. Mel Brooks is a credited co-writer because it is Whoa. so heavily lifted from blazing saddles. They turn blazing saddles into a children's cartoon about a dog that becomes a sheriff to Samurai.
1: <laughs> is there a scene where they're all sitting around? <laughs> Beans farting.
0: I mean, I don't think so. But <laughs> well, then yeah. they
1: didn't remake Blazing Saddles, now did they? Exactly. One star. Jesus
0: I mean, they were Christ they were literally going to originally call the movie Blazing Samurai, and then somebody's like, "No, that's too much," uh, and so they changed it to the awful title of Pause of Fury: The Legend of Hank. Uh, I've learned this from take you know taking in kids' movies over the last year or so. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, call a gunslinger, uh, not that at all, but a fun first person shooter in cowboy land, uh, you know, involving, you know, gunfights and shit. Like, you, know, you actually have to do duels and things. And it's got a fun soundtrack with, uh, you know, a couple of good songs that we're going to hear here. Uh, so from a composer, Powell Blascheck and Ron Abernathy, that famous wild west duo, <laughs> Uh we've got the main menu and Borderland 4 from Call of Juárez Gunslinger and that's going to do it for the 2013 segment we'll see you guys in 2003 Guys, so welcome back. 2003, May of 2003. What a time it was! Uh, what was that hot new movie we were all running down to the theaters to see in 2003? Let's think. Let's play a little bit of the box office game. What's big at the big at the movies right now? We'll see. 2003 would probably be ooh one of the Kill Bill movies. That comes out later this year. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Kill Bill. I'm, on the right, Kim I'm Kim in the Voyager right one. Comes out in October. I remember it well. On the right year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. Um, maybe one of the Spider-Man movies is one of those. Come out in 2003. Uh, no, no, it did not. Spider-Man Two Damn. came out in 2004. Spider-Man One came out in 2002. But you're on the right track. Oh, uh, host. you know, we're not talking about Attack of the Clones to start things off. We're talking about another movie tie-in game for a movie sequel that uh people don't care for uh it's time guys to enter the matrix uh you know matrix yeah. reloaded was uh in theaters and making a bunch of money despite not being very good and uh enter the matrix came out and you know there's actually like necessary plot points to the movies in this uh in this fucking game um jesse did you ever enter the matrix
1: it's it's funny you should ask. Um so I'm in the matrix right now. Let me unplug. No. <laughs> no. Not So like I this. bought this game when it came out. I like pre-ordered this. I was very jazzed about this. I was 100% on the Matrix hype train, mm. you know. Anything with Matrix in front of it, I was going to watch it cuz that was what I was into. So I bought this game and was playing it got to the boss of the first level. It's like a helicopter thing and every single time the game crashes. Every single time. And it's not hmm. like a funny like, "Oh, it's a, you're in the Matrix." Yeah, it's not, a, not game, a Kojima you know? moment. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's like the game freezes up and my PlayStation makes a strange sound. Interesting that kind of situation. <laughs> That's not good. I brought it back. Got a refund. Well, no, I returned it for another copy. Same fucking thing happened. Wow. And, like, I would ask other people that played it, and they were like, that never happened to me. I, <laughs> The rest of the game is pretty cool. Yeah. And I was like, really? I had two fucking copies of this game, and I guess both of them were fucked up. And so, yeah, this game.
0: Yeah, everybody else got to enjoy The Matrix, but you uh, yeah. you were the one that didn't.
1: Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, I was so. the, the Neo of
0: yeah exactly <laughs> getting a broken game <laughs> damn um uh, you know, that uh that does suck uh i never played it either because i you know uh i had seen because you respect yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah and also i had seen the matrix reloaded and thought Nah, i'm good on that uh i'm still gonna see the third movie when it comes out but like i'm not gonna play a fucking video game to fill in you know necessary plot points like and turns out they're not necessary it's like I think in the third movie they encounter Jada Pinkett Smith's character, you know, Niobe down in the, you know, the apocalypse tunnels or whatever. And it's like, Oh, how'd they know she was there? And that's essentially what you learn from this game. (laughs) Like, (laughs) how did this ship, how did they know exactly where to go find her down in these tunnels? Uh, not really necessary at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I like the matrix. I think it's cool. I wish, uh, Wish the series was better. <laughs> like, there's so much that is cool about it. It uh, it sucks that it's not all that cool. Like, uh, if that makes any sense. Like, it could be so much cooler than it is, but it's just one of those uh, one of those crazy series. That's uh, yeah, I don't know, just its own kind of crazy monster. So we got two fantastic songs from *Enter the Matrix* and composer Eric Lundborg. Uh, we've got the fantastically titled. What the Fresh Hell Is This?, and (laughs) the more normally titled Fist Fight, a very important thing in all Matrix movies is a fist fight. I like it. It's uh, it's fun and kind of uneasy, weird uh, action music. You know, weird music to beat people up to in a weird game based on a weird movie. Um, so, speaking of weird, let's talk about a weird system. The Game Boy Advance. This is, is going to be a real Game Boy Advance-heavy segment. Johnny, I know you own a Game Boy Advance, so you're going to be jumping in all over this. Um, oh, yeah. I had the whole Game Boy Advance
2: and I had four of those uh, link cables hooked up to the GameCube so mm-hmm. you could do the whole Four Swords adventures. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah. You could just do it all by yourself. Yeah. You just, you know, you soloed the four swords.
2: Yeah. Um, one hand per Game Boy, one foot per Game Boy. Exactly. God. Uh,
0: so you then.
3: Yeah,
0: that uh, <laughs> that special mouth controller I built for
2: the GameCube. <laughs>
3: you see,
0: this big, big glucking adapter that I used to play the Game Boy Advance
1: you know, all at the same time. I really, I really appreciate your, uh, um, making accessibility controllers, Johnny. That's really, really smart. It's a,
0: it is important. You know, Johnny's a trailblazer in that way. So, Johnny, tell me what your favorite RPG series on the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Advance is. Maybe a series that dates back to uh, previous systems. Say, uh, say the Super oh, NES. Pokemon. Oh, okay. Well, th- 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 we're not here to talk about Pokemon. Uh. No. We're here to talk about your other favorite RPG series. Which one what's your second favorite?
3: Um
2: My second favorite RPG series is probably
0: Paper Mario. Okay. There's not one of those on the Game Boy Advance, though there really should oh, be. Dang. Yeah.
2: Did they make a Sonic RPG for Game Boy Advance? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're you're the one that's supposed to be able to answer that question, Johnny. I can't answer that for you. I don't think they made that. Probably, uh, I think they made a Sonic RPG on like the DS. I think you know, that's where you got like Sonic Dark, Dark Brotherhood. Brotherhood or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about Bioware. Talking about a uh, RPG series that I uh, don't have any experience with, and I'm hoping Jesse can help us out. It turns out it's not Johnny's favorite series, like I was made to believe. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, did you play Lufia? The Ruins of Lore. I believe the third of four games in the Lufia series uh, that was released on the Game Boy Advance.
1: I have yet to play a Lufia game.
0: Okay, good. It's not just me. Whew. I was worried. I thought I had really missed out on something here. You know, it's like, a, you know, they're like a an Atlas uh, published series of somewhat highly regarded RPGs. But um, yeah,
1: back back in the day, they were, one of the uh, ones you would talk about right. with your RPG yep. friends. So I think I think my friend Russell played it. I think that's where I heard about it. Word.
0: Um, Johnny, would it help you to play this game, uh, one, if it weren't on the Game Boy Advance, but two, to know that uh, <laughs> you can catch monsters in a manner similar to Pokemon in this game? Ooh, that actually does help. Yeah. Like, what if you're just playing a regular old RPG, but then you catch the thing you were fighting?
2: That that would be lovely. Uh, that's my number one
0: complaint of most RPGs. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to subjugate things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, I mean, it it is fun. I I will say that actually, you know, it's one of my favorite things about using the hunter class in uh, Octopath Traveler. It's like all right, yeah, you're fighting certain monsters, and it's like you know, instead of killing this thing, I'm going to capture it and use it in battle for a while. Like it's uh, it's just fun to do. You know, throw net over something, take it with you. You know. The simple art style makes you wonder where they're holding these monsters all the time. And yeah, you're fucking, you're throwing monsters out in battle. And again, I think I talked about it in like the, you know, the Octopath discussion we had a little while ago in Game That Tune. I love the idea of like, you're just in an RPG battle and then all of a sudden you produce a giant monster from somewhere to stomp somebody the fuck out. Like, (laughs) it's like you're just an an otherwise unassuming knight. And then uh, apparently you're also, you know, Beastmaster and things just pop out and fucking destroy people. It, you know, the the imagery of it uh, just tickles me. Tickles me real good. So um that probably would help you to play this game. Um but yeah, no, Jesse, I'm in the same boat as you. I've uh, I've not played a Luffy. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should put Luffy on the list. Yeah, you know, do a um, you know, do a little, uh, little Luffy catch-up stream sometime in like September or October. Let's uh maybe we should learn of this Luffy. Uh,
1: I think there's I think it's 2 that's like the really good one.
0: Yeah, that's so, the one that I recognize by name. Yeah, that's the one I definitely recognize yeah. by name, so that's probably the one of most renowned, Rise of the Sinestrals.
1: We should do like a GTT game club.
0: You know? Yeah, what about like a like a we play you play kind of thing with the with the viewers where we you know, fucking throw out a game and we each uh, try it, maybe we discuss it on Patreon or on the stream at some point. Uh, I'm down to give a couple hours over to Lufia. You know, okay. if only this were possible. Um, yeah, how you- uh, it, it? would just involve playing games and talking about it with people. It's kind of what podcasts do. <laughs> it's <laughs> ultimately not all that hard to do. But,
1: Wait, yeah. What's, what's a podcast?
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, who knows at this point? Uh, I'm not sure what we do here. But, uh, anyway, what we're doing right now is listening to video game tunes. So, we've got two songs from Lufia, The Ruins of Lore and uh the fantastic composers Yukio Nakajima and Yasunori Shiono. We've got the battle and then we're going to up the stakes with the boss battle. So, let's uh let's head to the ruins, y'all. Pretty uh pretty good tunes, man. Pretty good battle tunes. I like that they both start with that weird uh GBA fart. Um yep. you know. Thank you to whoever uh you know ripped and tagged this soundtrack for including that, you know, big rip and fart sound in there. Um but yeah, man, let's uh Jesse, I think we came up with a good idea. Let's uh let's start, you know, working on some uh some ideas for how to play games and discuss them with people. Yeah. It's uh
1: Yeah, it sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. Let's do.
1: Um
0: And so I said this was going to be a Game Boy Advance-heavy segment, and I'm sorry, I've structured this in a way that now we have to steer away from the Game Boy Advance, to uh, another RPG series, uh, one that came out on the GameCube, that uh, is probably less loved than Lufia, the old Triple L, Um, but it's it's a series that I think has some fans, Um, we featured at some point on the the podcast proper, a little game called Lost Kingdoms, in this case Lost Kingdoms 2 for the uh gamecube johnny you uh you're a big lost kingdoms guy after our last discussion of it right
2: uh yeah oh yeah i've seen a lot of lost the lost
0: kingdoms mm-hmm. you remember yeah. exactly what this is
2: yeah oh yeah yeah. But, yeah i i i have found the lost kingdoms several times in fact i'm kind of a lost kingdoms expert okay All um right. one of them was just in my dryer
0: of all places. <laughs>
2: it was pretty pretty awesome when I finally found it.
0: It's good, man. That's good. Yeah, it's always at the place you least suspect. Uh, <laughs> you never know where you're gonna find the kingdoms. Um you of course know Johnny who this game is uh developed by. There's a it's a famous developer here.
2: Let me think here. Famous developer. One of your favorite is developers. It... Oh 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 is it developed
0: by um Blizzard pre-acquisition <laughs> no it's not jesse do you know who developed the lost kingdoms games
1: oh man is it is it sega
0: no it's not yeah i was joking it's not one of johnny's favorite uh, favorite developers oh. but it's it's a developer that's come to some prominence over the course of their uh, their time as a developer uh, a little company called from software
3: Oh,
1: yeah, from okay.
0: Yeah, so, you know, they make uh, Dark Souls and Sekiro and Bloodborne and uh, a little uh, L. Dan Ring. Um, yeah, a little game <laughs> that nobody Dan liked Ring. called Old Dan Ring. <laughs> um, but yeah, so back in 2003, they were just making games exclusive to the GameCube. Uh, and they were making Lost Kingdoms 2, uh, I believe a card battle-based game uh or maybe if if it's not cards i think they're not, they're like rune stones in this or something but yeah it's uh it's a you know action rpg involving cards and uh you play as i believe the uh, maybe in this yeah uh yeah no this is the one you play as the <laughs> awfully named terra grimface um, uh. I don't understand why that's the hero's name. <laughs> like, just call her Tara. Why do you have to include Grimface? <laughs> and, uh, you know, also when you read it, it looks like Grimace, but then you realize it's Grimface, and it just seems like they're, you know, this character's name for the, her awful face. I don't understand it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's an uh, action card battling game for the GameCube. Um, I believe Taylor, our Patreon Absurd fan Taylor, likes this series, so. Maybe we can get him to speak to some Lost Kingdoms too at some point, but, um, you know, fun game, fun, you know, weird little, uh, early thing from, from software. um, uh, and now they, uh, you know, Jesse, if, if, if they made a new Lost Kingdoms game, would you, uh, would you hop on it? Like, if they, you know, kind of did a new Elden Ring, but it turned out it was Tara Grimface and her magic cards, would
1: you play it? I would, I would definitely look into it, um. I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with this new armored core game. So mm, maybe they'll bring back Lost Kingdoms.
0: Then. What if Elden Ring was called Grim Do you I think? I feel it-
1: like it'd be just as popular.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it, yeah, you know, <laughs> if it would sell. Like, you know, if, instead of Elden Ring, they merely called it Grim Face. I think, yeah, uh, you know, it would it, it would probably lure fewer people in. But then once they started playing, they would realize what it was and probably stick with it. So. Uh Strong Game Elden Ring. Strong game Lost Kingdoms 2. Strong soundtrack from composer Kota Hoshino. Uh we've got two fantastic songs from Lost Kingdoms 2. Uh we've got Kadishu Town. Uh and we've got Bless You. <laughs> Thank you. I was almost gonna do the Bless You to Myself joke. <laughs> uh, so we got Kadishu Town and the Bashay High Road from Lost Kingdoms 2. It's good, uh, good adventure in music, good music to, you know, wander around and collect magic cards and have people wonder why your name is Tara Grimface. You know, just, uh, you know, good tunes, good times. Um, so yeah, now it's time to move back to the Game Boy Advance. And Jesse, I want to know if you played the fantastic 2003 Castlevania Aria of Sorrow on the Game Boy Advance.
1: Oh hell yeah this game rules
0: yeah is this the first one with uh what's his face uh soma Cruz yes, cool, so the first appearance of uh the incredibly white Soma Cruz yeah yeah you know, uh, among video among video games whitest characters I would say
1: let's see let's see him um, uh, super white you
0: know uh, boo from Mario
1: yeah boo are very white. Yeah, uh, real white.
0: I'm just Kirby right. on the box art before people realized he was actually supposed to be pink.
1: Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, the original Kirby.
0: Yeah, Johnny, give me a video game So White character.
2: Oh, man. Um, video game So White. Did they ever make a uh, Coneheads video game? God, no.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they did. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Uh anyway, Soma Cruz is cool. Uh, Jesse, tell me about Aria of Sorrow, because I never actually played this one. I picked up the, uh, my first Soma Cruz one was one of the DS ones I can't remember the name of.
1: Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it follows the Metroidvania, or I guess, you know, Castlevania. <laughs> I'm symphony sorry, the what? The, <laughs> <laughs> the, the sympathy, sym Symphony, I always say sympathy. The Symphony of the Night, uh, mold where you know um what was search action game there you go it's a search action game
0: yeah they really got to come up with a new you know it's literally still listed as a metroidvania in like you know the wiki description it's like come up with a new fucking descriptor for that already
1: (laughs) well search action is pretty good pretty good Mm -hmm. so um it's you go around you know killing monsters and you get spells and abilities and you level them up and and you fight bosses and you get uh, certain abilities that help you get to other parts of the castle and whatnot. And, uh, you know, rinse, repeat, you're exploring this big castle. It's I think it takes place in the future. This is one of the weird, like, way in the future Castlevania. I think that's Soma's anywhere. thing, yeah. 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 Uh, but, doesn't it,
0: is this the one that introduces the ability to, like, uh, like, kill enemies and, like, take their soul as use- and use it as, like, a secondary weapon?
1: I think it is one of the- if it's not this one, it was the one before it, but it's- it's one of the- one of these two that- Cool. That was like, okay, this is how we're gonna make these games going forward for a while.
0: It's kind of rad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a good system. Because I want
0: to say, like, if I remember correctly, you can find, like, rare ones or, like, yeah. you know, maybe, like, level them up or something so you eventually get, like, some really silly powers or, like, really useful powers depending on what enemy you're carrying around.
1: Yeah, and, like, that's, you know, like Johnny's thing, catching the monsters, you know, from the games. So right. Basically, you know, you capture a bat and now you can summon bats and stuff, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, capture a skeleton and you can hit people with a big bone. Yeah. Summon the bone.
1: It's just like real
2: life. Exactly. Why do you think I married somebody that works at the zoo? Mm I want to summon
0: that bone. (laughs) I can summon all the animals on command. (laughs) Exactly. I can kill any animal I want.
1: Honey, did you bring home the aardvark like I asked?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Summon that tongue, baby. <laughs> um, how do
1: you know we can't take the animals out. Yeah. God damn it.
0: I already have the ants in my pubes. Can we just let it yeah. loose for just a minute? <laughs> <laughs> well, can you drive
1: bo- me bo- over bo- there at least?
0: <laughs> oh, man. I'll be
1: in and out in a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, that aardvark knows how to handle a man. How um, did you
1: just- <laughs> I <laughs> well, uh. <laughs> oh, this so just the other you know, little dota just spiraling around. All the yeah.
0: little flicks. Yeah. And again, all you got to do is cover oh, your he genitals. Can
1: sound and... you with his tongue. No,
0: okay. See, that's where I was trying not to go. Nah, see, yeah. I was thinking you have ants. You put the ants in your pee hole. Well, so yeah, it's what them about. That's what Jesse is talking about. Jesus. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. I'm, I'm feeling an aria of sorrow for going this direction with the conversation. <laughs> this is... Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Uh, Can you make the title Ants in Your Peehole? hole Yeah, you want to talk about an area of sorrow? It's Johnny's peehole hole filled with ants. Um, (laughs) Jesus. So we got two fantastic songs from Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow, and composers uh, Takashi Yoshida and Michiru Yamane. Maybe you've heard of her. We've got The Underground Reservoir, and we've got Battle for the Throne. So let's no longer talk about Johnny's aardvark situation. As uh, Castlevania tunes go, pretty uh, pretty crazy ones. Um, You know, not a. I would have to listen to more of the soundtrack to decide where this uh, lies on my Castlevania list, but uh, you know, good tunes. Maybe not Castlevania great. Castlevania, I feel like, has got a real high standard for tunes. Um, So, speaking about games with very high standards, let's close out this segment. With a fantastic new series making its debut on the Game Boy Advance, a series that would go on to have entries on multiple Nintendo systems, uh, Game Boy Advance, DS, Wii, uh, I guess the Wii U one counts. Uh, I think they made a 3DS one, I, and I think they, did they just announce a Switch one? I feel like they announced a Switch one. This series continues on uh, like a like all good businesses should. It's a going concern. It's WarioWare, Inc., Mega Micro Games with a dollar sign. All
1: right. Uh,
0: not so much uh, a game as it is actually 213 much smaller games. Um, you know, truly a awesome and weird little game that I did not play. I, I guess I played the uh, I guess I played the GameCube one first. I didn't play the Game Boy Advance one, but, uh, this, uh, I love this fucking idea, you know, just s- silly Twitch reaction, you know, fucking, like, you know, eventually just too fast to even know what you're doing, hopefully you press the button or the joystick in the right way, and, you know, shove the finger in the nose, or... Uh, you know, do the little action that's on screen. Um, <laughs> stuff the ants. <laughs> stu- exactly. Yeah, dump the ants in the pubes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what would be what would be the word that fl- uh, pops up on screen to let you know what you're doing in that instance? Like, <laughs> yeah, the little door is open. Yeah, you know, the, the little door is open. There's a, a nest of pubes. There's a dick neck and fucking like you know what does it say shake and then a box of ants falls in the pubes like you know trying to figure out what it would be but that's for johnny i, to <laughs> I think it'd be picnic because ants always invade your picnics mm, true yeah exactly pick dick
1: and and you know how like sometimes they will be like oh it's kind of the same game that i played earlier but a different thing right so then you have the little mound of pubes and the little ants, and then it's lick and then all of a sudden like a A little tongue comes out.
0: Yeah, you gotta guide the Yardvark tongue. You know. uh, Yeah, good idea. Anyway, yeah. um, You know, cool, cool game. Uh, Just a, you know, what a wacky fucking thing that, you know, Nintendo did with this fucking... uh, Jesse, did you ever have uh, WarioWare on the Game Boy Advance, or did you play the other ones?
1: I've probably played a little bit of this one, too. I think I played most of them.
0: More important question, actually, I could see Johnny. Did you have you played a WarioWare game? Uh, with like you guys at a party at some point?
2: Okay, um, so on, probably on the GameCube. I oh, think. Okay. it
0: was either the GameCube or the Wii one. Yeah.
2: Um, no, I because I remember I remember showing off the WaveBird controller, which was <laughs>
0: GameCube. <laughs> 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 like I associate WarioWare with WaveBird. Ooh man, WaveBird Inc. That's uh man, what a time that was. Do, you know, have we passed the release of the Wave Bird? I'm gonna look that up while you know, Jesse discusses more about
1: WarioWare. I always liked the levels that were uh basically just retro games or like uh it'd be like a Star Fox level and just be like, shoot and you just like have to shoot three enemies. Yeah. Or like jump and you're you're like uh Mario and you just, just like jump over a hole or or something silly like that because they'd always add like some kind of like, goofy ele- element to it. Um, those are always my favorite for the mini games yep. Or micro yeah. games,
0: micro games, jeez, man. Come on, mini, that, those games are huge, uh, <laughs> crazy. Okay, it's saying the wave bird came out in 2002, so damn, we uh, we missed our chance to honor the release of the wave bird uh, on Game Night Tune Gems, but. We can just honor it in you know all episodes well, going forward. See
1: if it released in another country. Dude, it doesn't have um. that information here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, when did it release in Belgium?
0: That's a good question. Um, I'll let you figure that out. While we listen <laughs> to three fantastic songs from WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games, uh, you know, again, just a delightfully weird series uh, with a delightful soundtrack, and it's going to be our bonus beats for the 2003 segment. So we've got three fantastic songs from composers Ryoji Yoshitomi and Kyoko Miyamoto. Uh, We've got main title theme, we've got the Wario Adventure Boss, and we've got Four Seasons, a uh, fantastic little ditty from WarioWare, Inc. Mega Micro Games. And that's going to do it for 2003, so we'll see you guys in 1993. (laughs) All right, guys, we've made it back to our first segment in this uh, bizarre reversed edition of Game of the Tune Gems, and uh, it's time to uh, have what I would say is going to be a strong segment, leading off with a game that I know nothing about. So hopefully Jesse knows something about this one, because it's my only question mark on this segment. I know everything after this is solid gold, baby. Uh, Jesse, did you play on the SNES Mech Warrior?
1: So, I didn't own an SNES as a kid. Did you play it? And, um, <laughs> I've, I'm aware of Mech Warrior, typically a PC game. Mm. Um, so, the idea of it being on the SNES seems very frightening to me. And,
3: yeah. um, I don't yeah,
1: see I the don't, issue. <laughs> I, I'm worried as to what this might look like. I have to Google this.
0: I mean, you know, the... Uh... Yes. You're playing in mechs, and it uh, it uses the Mode Seven, so like you're walking around in like a like a battle thing and shooting stuff. It's like a strange SNES. Uh,
1: Wait, is it is it Mech Warrior Thirty Fifty? Oh shit! Or just Mech Warrior? No, just Mech Warrior
0: Mech- Thirty Fifty is the sequel. Yeah, no, this is this is merely Mech Warrior. I think it's isometric and first person. I think you can do like the map, and you can walk around in, in like mode seven, and uh, shoot shit first person.
3: Ugh! <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. Try not to sound too excited. Jeez. I just see the thing is, is I imagine, like how are you supposed to like aim and move and stuff without, like an an. Another stick? Like yeah, SES stick famously stick? was
0: not a twin stick system, so that is a problem.
1: Like, I guess I guess you use the shoulders to turn. Probably. But then like how would you aim up or I don't know, man.
0: I mean there were plenty of fantastic first person shooter games on SNES. They probably just copied one of those. You know? Are there?
1: <laughs> yeah, well,
0: hold on. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go back. You've got the very bad Doom port. Yes. That's the one I was
2: thinking of. <laughs> You've got Super 3D Noah's Ark. Right. You got You've that got one terrible Wolfenstein, which got Super Noah's three D Ark is based on. The one level in Toy
0: Story. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: this you got a cool
1: level. Good,
0: And you got the Super Scope Six.
2: Well, hold on. I'm going to take out oh, the one safari. level in Toy Story because that's the first person, but it is not a shooter. <laughs> you shoot nothing in that level.
0: Well, it really should be.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Excuse my cloudy gamer memory for thinking that you were shooting things in Toy Story. You are playing as a cowboy, after all.
3: <laughs> I mean,
0: you know, they, Woody never brandishes a gun, which is just a damn shame. Um, There's
1: a snake in my boot.
0: Exactly. Better God blow God. your brains out. God, imagine a Red Dead Redemption. Hell yeah, I'd play it. <laughs> you know, surely somebody's modded that by now. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, uh, you know, Mech Warrior, a perfectly weird port of a PC game for the SNES. I like that they attempted to do things like this. Um, but we'll just, uh, let's just hit the music. Cause we got better things to talk about. Two fantastic songs coming up from Mech Warrior and composer Marshall Parker. We've got Land Assault and we've got the Dark Wing Lance Headquarters. So uh, let's uh, let's do some first person SNES shit. Alright, so yeah, that was my big question mark for the segment. Uh, turns out that uh, that action music doesn't quite get off the ground. Um, damn! Um, huh. You know, what a fool <sighs> you know, I was. Yeah, I I know Jesse hates saying "I told you so," but here we are. Um, so let's move on to a game that's an undeniable classic, uh, a game that. We Mech all Warrior. <laughs> Mech Warrior thirty fifty. Uh, yeah. They both came out the same month. No. Um a game that I sarcastically am referring to as an all-time classic. Uh a game that exists in the hearts and minds of many, many game players. Uh whether it's good that it exists uh i I'd, I'd say that's up to you to answer that question. I'd say it's specifically up to Johnny to answer the question. Johnny It's time to meet a brand new mascot, and his name is Bubsy. Oh, yeah, dude, I love Bubsy. And he's going to have a claws encounter of the furred kind. Oh, yeah, as a kid, I totally understood that reference. (laughs) Didn't you? Oh, So many many great references that land in this series. (laughs)
2: God, I remember I had some, like book you know that my uncle gave me of like tips for second genesis games or something i had a whole section on bubsy oh really and yeah and basically i mean the book is really just an ad for other games right it's sure. like oh look here's bubsy here's Echo, here's this here's that right and um i looked it made me want to play bubsy i was like oh cool like all these like neat things i could do in the game and then i read it and was like
0: Wow, this sucks! <laughs> like, oh, this is awful. Yeah, it's really too bad. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, no. I found him appealing. He's, uh, you know, cool looking. A little, what is he a bobcat? You know, yeah, he, he looks cute. He's, uh, I saw ads for him in comic books and magazines, and I'm like, you know, I could get behind this. And then, yeah, turns out the game not so much fun. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the problem was. You know, Jesse, were you a bubsy boy? Did you, uh.
1: Do you nope. know what was wrong with this series? <laughs> it's just it's just not good. Like it's <laughs> like it, it plays poorly. Um it's got it's like awesome possum, you know. hmm It's just you know, they're trying to trying to have a new funny mascot with attitude, you know.
0: But they forgot yeah, um, they actually make a good game to go with it.
1: Yeah, they forgot that part. Yeah. But maybe they did a sequel and stuff. So.
0: Maybe they just correctly thought that kids were stupid and would eat up anything. Um and kids proved them wrong, man. People uh only uh only lightly ate this up. Yeah. What was the deal? did like did they release the most like self aware, shitty, like years late sequel? Uh was there a new Bubsy in the last few years? Am I misremembering that? Like, a, maybe a, a kick-started Bubsy or some shit?
1: Like, I, f- I feel like that could have happened.
0: It did. 2019's Bubsy Pants on Fire. And 2017's Bubsy the Woolies Strike Back. Uh, so, yeah, they went from Bubsy 3D in 1996 to Bubsy the Woolies Strike Back in 2017. Bubsy took 21 years off <laughs> to, you know, just cool off and find his way. And uh, came back, ironically, I believe. Boy, what a mess. Um, so glad this uh, this final segment's getting off to such a rousing start. We got Mech Warrior and fucking Bubsy. Uh, here I was thinking this was a beloved game. What a what a mistake I made. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I submitted you guys the track list, and you all put a big old asterisk next to Bubsy, saying you know, yes, 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 can include this on the show. Unless these asterisks. Oh well, yes, yeah,
1: I thought we were gonna talk shit about it. Not try to glorify it. Oh okay,
0: we. I guess we can't do both, so I guess is it the official game that tune position on Bubsy that we don't like it? Well, yes. Okay, there it is. We're taking the official position. Bubsy stinks. Uh, that's as strong as I'm going to be about it. Um, PU. Yeah. <laughs> so we got uh, we got two fantastic songs from uh, from Bubsy in "Claws Encounters of the Furred Kind" uh, on the SNES from composer Matt Berardo. Uh, we've got War of the Woolies and Woolering Heights. A lot of wool puns in this fucking, uh, track listing here. You know, a lot of, a lot of weird puns in general, but, uh, a lot of them seem to be centered around the enemies, which I guess are called the Woolies. Uh, you know, there's songs we're not going to listen to like Wool Wool West and the day the wool stood still. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, wild and woolly. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We we should talk less about Bubsy. Uh, what a mess. So let's also have a special introduction from Bubsy himself, and then hear two fantastic songs from Bubsy and Close Encounter of the Third Kind.
2: Well, are you still playing this thing?
0: Ugh. <laughs> say something nice about those tunes but we took the official position i'm sorry those tunes stink um i'm sorry tunes you're fine i love you i love all video game tunes i try to stay positive but no all of them all video game tunes you know i'm you know, universally in love with video game tunes no i'm, I'm sorry I'm playing a weird character on tonight's episode where i don't want to talk bad about <laughs> bubsy for some reason i apologize bubsy you stink your games bad music fine Uh, you know, C minus, uh, your voice clips D (laughs) minus, not a, not a fan of Bubsy's voice appearing in the SNES games. So moving on to an SNES game that I am a fan of, uh, that I'm hoping you guys have become a fan of. I'm sure that you haven't played it, but, uh, you know, just on principle, you know, that super Turrican is one of the most fun and awesome games ever made on super Nintendo. Maybe you guys at some point in your lives played Mega Turrican, um, a worthwhile, you know, Genesis version of the same game. Uh, you Have you guys been, you know, Turricanners
3: before?
1: Isn't it Turrican season right now? Is it?
0: I thought it was. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> yeah. He
0: got you. Yeah, there it is. You know, uh, bound, to, bound to encounter a Super Turrican at some point. Gonna you know, buy a bunch of bottled water and batteries. Get ready for that Super Turrican. Um,
1: but I've I've played Mega Turrican before. Pretty fun, right? It's real fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Run around shooting shit. Uh, you know, kind of fast paced side scrolling shooty action. Yep. Takes a couple of things from I don't know a few different games. Like uh, you collect things and it changes your weapon style. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember what it is in the SNES one. It's like you get the You know, blue, yellow, or red power-ups, and you get, like, uh, like, just a, like, a killer blue beam, or I think a, like, a homing missile, or, uh, I think the yellow one does, like, a bouncing shot. Like, it, you know, it just bounces all over the place, and, you know, uh, fills the screen with crazy bouncing balls. It's pretty dope. Uh, you can roll up, not unlike Samus, and, but, like, you can haul ass and lay down infinite bombs and mines while you do it. Um... I think the SNES one is the one with the grappling beam, or is that is there a grappling beam in the uh, Genesis one? Am I misremembering that?
1: I'm trying to remember. It's been a little bit since I played it. Because there's not sound there's
0: kind of not really like content wise a huge difference between Super Turrican and Mega Turrican, but there are like a couple of mechanical differences. Like I think Super Turrican has, uh, you know, instead of a grappling beam, like a freeze beam or something like that so maybe that's what it is maybe maybe mega turrican has the like the grapple thing and super turrican has the freeze beam um you know all all good things Uh, a very fun game johnny did you ever play any of the turrican games i haven't still not played one no you know you should um they're pretty dope now and yeah i'm actually seeing it here uh snes version features a freeze beam instead of the original's lightning whip now when you put it like that Lightning Whip sounds way cooler. But I also think a Freeze Beam is pretty goddamn useful. That's just me. You know, I can't compete with the phrase Lightning Whip. That sounds awesome. But Freeze Beam, in practicality, also very useful. So, I don't know who wins in this one. Um, But yeah, just an all-around fun game. Uh, Run around, shooting stuff, fighting giant uh, robot monsters. You know, robots have attacked the Earth, like aliens and shit. Um... You know, just uh, fun games, big levels to explore, uh, you know, a lot of fun to be had, and a lot of really great tunes. Man, I love the Turrican soundtracks from composer Chris Hulesbeck. Uh, just an all around great, great soundtrack on both uh, both versions. You know, it's not just uh, yeah. it's not just like you know different versions of the same songs across Super and Mega. Uh, obviously, since I grew up playing Super Turrican, I prefer that version. But uh, both soundtracks just fantastic. So we're gonna hear three uh, three fantastic songs from Super Turrican and composer Chris Hulesbeck. We've got Stage Two Dash Four, Stage One Dash Three, and Stage One Dash One. Some of my earliest and most favorite SNES tunes. So let's uh, let's rock and roll a little bit. What else can i say about those tunes they're just fantastic they're some of my early favorites uh you know love it love the love the rhythm love the you know love the driving sound to it i you know it just it's good fun light action rock music i'm a fan of it uh big fan of it speaking of things i'm a big fan of you john regan i'm a big fan of you because i know that you're a big fan of the Sega CD. Oh, yes. And you're ready to talk about the fantastic 1993 May release of Final Fight CD. Oh, this was the best version for home
2: consoles at the time, because I think this was the only one where you could play as all three characters. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's got a pretty rocking soundtrack. Yes, that's the most important thing, quite frankly. I, you know, I'm in favor of having all three characters, but I'm also in favor of, uh, you know, The soundtrack fucking ruling ass. It's just awesome. (laughs) Uh, Man, it's almost like if you put things on a CD, somehow they sound better than they would on, say, the Sega Genesis.
3: Yeah? (laughs)
0: Yeah, some would say that. Yes, some might say that. You know, some might call it a hot take. But, uh, you know, the Sega CD had better music than the Sega Genesis in some cases. Or at least a higher quality sound. I don't want to say better. We uh, we love love Genesis music around here.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what to say, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, CD it.
0: quality audio, like, yeah. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's your favorite Final Fight character, Johnny? Hagar. Okay. Easy. Uh, I guess I I don't have to ask that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, wanted, I guess I wanted to see if somehow you would just, you know, for some reason say guy. Um
2: Nah. I'm Team Hagar all day, every
0: day. Okay, so assuming we're all Team Hagar all day, every day, Jesse, who do you prefer, Cody or Guy? Probably Cody. Yeah. Not a a fan of ninja stuff? You just want to be a, you know, I don't know, ass-beaten normal dude?
1: I mean, everyone's a ninja.
0: Right. But Guy is actually more specifically a ninja.
1: I don't know you know cody he did time and then he became mayor also that's and true and he, he gets you know, he, he can carry a knife yeah, yeah. that's true
0: yeah now okay you know what's the what's the better weapon all things considered you know cody's knife or Hagar's pipe well the pipe ah okay we're all just it's pro Hagar. Hagar wins every question doesn't
1: he oh for sure
0: who has the best mustache uh cody guy or Hagar? Andor. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think he has one. Uh, no, nah, he doesn't. He's yeah. just got the wild, uh, wild,
0: weird, like uh, curly Afro thing. Or, um, have they made a version of Final Fight in any like instance in which one of the other characters does grow a mustache, or did they just leave the mustache to be Hagar's thing? Did Hagar just like, you know, corner the other characters and at some point say like, no, you don't get to fucking grow a mustache. Uh, they, I'm I'm the mustache guy here.
1: There's probably, like, an evil universe where they have mustaches there.
0: True. can you imagine, like, evil Hagar with a clean shave? Yep. Like, ooh, talk about a menacing dude. Just picture, you know, Hagar like Ron Swanson without his mustache. (laughs)
3: Scary.
0: (laughs) Tucks in a polo shirt instead of wearing that one suspender. Oh, man. Yeah. God, that should be some fucking like if they if they made a new final fight there should be an unlockable costume of like fucking square-ass ron swanson for hagar you know terrifying man or, no.
2: or <laughs> hagar dressed as ron swanson after having sex so he's dressed like tiger woods yes. basically exactly it,
0: hagar should have all kinds of ron swanson themed outfits you know a, a post-sex outfit uh a, then, one, one where you rub part of his mustache off from friction with a yeah. kimono yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <And then laughs> kimono Sam with the <laughs> cornrows <laughs> Oh yeah, and also yeah, Sam Elliott Alt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, you know, Ron Dunn.
2: <laughs> yeah. Is that your uh
0: that's your name or are like you that. finished speaking? Both. Um <laughs> but yeah, Final Fight, fun game. Final Fight C D fun tunes. Just an all around awesome game with awesome soundtrack. So uh gotta give a shout out to the composer, Yokoshima Mura. And of course, Tease Music, the uh, company that did the arrangements for Final Fight CD. Let's hear three fantastic songs from Final Fight CD. You know, since I'm choosing the tunes, we're starting with the West Side and/or Cage Fight, but we're also going to do the Subway uh, Subway Theme Number One and Bay Area Number One from Final Fight CD. Some fucking really good arranged tunes. Love uh love that fucking CD quality audio, man. Um yeah. Fantastic, fantastic all around. Um, so guys, we've reached the end. It's time for our final game of the night. And uh yeah, it's a biggie. It's a a big nes release that's right still talking nes games in 1993 johnny what's the big nes release of may 1993 do you know it off the top of your head kirby's adventure it's kirby's adventure johnny that's right oh oh, shit (laughs) yes well done sir (laughs) you did it yeah congratulations the episode is over there will be no discussion um no but uh man kirby's adventure uh 30 years old this month, and uh, what a fucking game, Johnny! Uh, you, uh, you love you some Kirby, so I'll let you uh take the lead on this one. Talk to us.
2: Yeah, so this was the first Kirby game I ever actually played. I never played the original Dreamland. Sure. Um, and going back to Dreamland after playing Adventure
0: is a real downgrade <laughs> because Adventure is quite good. Right? Uh, um, isn't it like a super downgrade in the sense that there's no copy abilities? <laughs> Yeah, there's no copy abilities in Kirby's Dream Land. Right. Yeah, huge, uh, huge mistake. This, uh, this kind of, yeah. this kind of set the course for the series.
2: <laughs> yeah, this really did. Like, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine a Kirby series without copy abilities, right? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've ever getting this on the NES and thinking like, wow, I kind of like this better than some of the games I have on my Sega Genesis. Like, it's bright, it's colorful, the music's great, mm-hmm. a lot of power ups, a lot of puzzles. Yep. Um, a little bonus games. And then, what's that little bonus games and shit little bonus games uh you know the the the, the god ever being really freaked out by the final boss at the end well, of course um
0: <laughs> like
2: oh you fight king D-D-D-D, oh that's cute all, and suddenly it gets very dark
0: yeah it's awesome yeah <laughs> it's um yeah it's a hell of a game you know hell of a series i, you know, I was gonna say hell of a series starter but you know it's technically not that but a hell of a series definer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> And I, I remember getting this I think
2: for pretty cheap at um Toys R Us because this came out in nineteen ninety three on the NES. That's and I think wild. I think I bought this when they were like trying to liquidate all the NES games,
0: right? They're like, no, we don't want any more of these. Yeah. Even if it's brand new and you know awesome. Yeah. We don't know that. We just need to get rid of it. It's like whatever, twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, like sold. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, lucky you. Lucky anybody that ever played this game. This game's just so fucking delightful, man. Yeah, you know, like you said, bright and colorful. Yeah, you know, the kind of game that like not terribly challenging. You know, it's uh, enjoyable, I would say, by all ages, like but you kind of as, ad- as an
2: adult, it's like one of the easiest games in the world. Right. But as a how old is like
3: 8 8 year find old plenty kid, you of know, challenge
0: kid. in it. Like <laughs> Yeah. When I was eight, it was a challenge. Sure. I mean, beating the game becomes a challenge, but like to pick it up and play it for a little bit, it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of a breeze. And then if you're trying to really, you know, make progress and get through the worlds, it's like, oh wow, there's a lot of levels and some of this shit's kind of hard. Some of these boss battles are a little tricky for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. What's the cloud thing with the eyeball? I feel like that thing always fucked me up when I was a kid. Oh, Cracko. Yeah. Yeah, Fucking uh, (laughs) Cracko. He's a bitch. It sure is <laughs> you know Wispy Woods I made him my bitch when I was 8 years old Cracko gave me a lot of trouble <laughs> so, yeah you know, but that's I guess supposed to be the way of things if you can't beat Wispy Woods you're not allowed to play but yeah you know, <laughs> if you get bodied by Cracko, then yeah you you were just 8 years old at the time it happens um, but yeah man I'm trying to think uh, you know Johnny favorite, uh, favorite early copy ability in the Kirby's Adventure game
2: hmm um, I mean, you you can get the UFO copy ability in like stage one or two or something like that. Yeah, that's
0: um, true. And that is, God, that's such a great copy ability. It, it, I think it's kind of OP for early on in the game, like that. Well, it it is super OP,
2: which is why they don't let you take it with you to other levels, right? right. Like you get it, and that's it.
0: <laughs> you know? I feel like I saw somebody doing like a tool assistant speed run of this recently, and they have like something where they know how to get the fucking UFO in like every instance. Yeah, it's like, oh well, yeah, that really does make the game pretty easy. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> well, you know, because this game had, and I don't know what other games have this still, but um if you sucked in two enemies at the same time that both had copy abilities, it does random. Yeah, the roulette yeah, wheels, do a r- kind of little thing. roulette, like randomly pick one. Yeah. So I think what speedrunners do is, I think they take advantage of that and know exactly when to hit it to get
0: UFO well, every time. That maybe it wasn't even a tool assisted run. Maybe they just know exactly what to press. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, fucking speedrunners, man, they're wild
2: wild but yeah that and then uh sword is great classic hammer great classic mm. yep um sleep not so great that that ability sucks ass yeah it and, does I David. i'm like
1: no what am i doing why am i sleeping yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i
0: always liked uh stone in theory more so than in practice it is pretty fun to dro- uh, drop yourself on people but uh i liked some more of the more action-based uh fucking attacks um, oh, I love stone. Oh my god, it's even in fun. practice, stone is great. um Yeah, I like. Uh, they did. They had beam. Yeah, they had beam. Yeah,
2: they had beam. They had laser. They had stone. They had uh, the parasol. Yep. I, uh, yeah, sword, hammer, UFO. Sometimes
0: I, I like the simplicity of the parasol. You know, whacking people yeah. with an umbrella and then doing the you know, cute little float down. It's uh, it's just sweet.
2: Ball is fun for two seconds, and then it's terrible.
0: Right. <laughs> uh does this one have the you know lamest power high jump is that that's in this one right yeah that is in this one and that is like
2: i think the cracko fight really encourages you to use it because they have uh the cracko fight begins with cloud platforms that are very vertically apart mm. and they throw high jump guys at you're like hey
0: yeah <laughs> maybe that's the problem maybe i never do, you know used the high jump guys because i knew the power was lame and i wanted to do something else Maybe that's why I got fucked up by Krakow so often. I refuse to fight him on his terms. But um yeah. High jump, kinda lame. Um fucking Yeah. Uh, tornado's pretty cool. Uh and you know, I'm big uh, I'm big on wheel. I like uh I like, you know, really opening up, peeling out with the wheel and rolling through some stuff. That's pretty fun. It's kinda like playing a wheel. Sonic game but on your NES wheel's
2: a classic um i'm also a big fan of i can't really it now um but like the suplex you know wrestling you know thing oh um, yeah is it is it backdrop or uh throw? yes
0: it's oh. it's backdrop yeah that's fucking cool yeah. the power you get from bugsy yeah yeah no it's dope god yeah curly uh, you gotta give it up to kirby he was pushing wrestling on people at a at an early time <laughs> yep. man pretty fucking cool <laughs> you know kirby and mike haggar bringing the wrestling to the kids you know good shit um you know god what a couple of guys kirby and hagar but yeah just a man just a fantastic phenomenal game um johnny you know so, uh, all kidding aside you you do have a switch did you play the new kirby game Did you play forgotten land no i still haven't played it yet i think you should uh mm. i might just mail you my copy so you can play that in you know for a weekend or something it's delightful Ooh uh just adorable pretty easy but also you know uh just fun interesting spins on uh on the kirby stuff because it's like a 3d kirby and it's set in a weird like wasteland area with like super wild ddd and then ultimately Mm. you know naturally for the kirby series you discover something horrifying's happened uh which seems more on the face of the game since it's set in like a fucking apocalyptic wasteland kind of situation like uh they're they're wearing it. They're they're showing you everything right up front on that one. But yeah, you should play it. God. Super fun.
2: I remember finding a glitch by mistake in Kirby's Adventure, um, where if you so uh, the second boss has he spawns enemies and some of them have copy abilities. Right. Mm. Uh, the, the the second boss is like a paintbrush, like a painter dude or something like that. He's like a dude in a and he's painting things and enemies come out of the paintings. Right. Um. One of the enemies is Mike. Which, mic gets three uses, and then you're done. Yeah. Um, if you use your last mic, well, basically in the dead center of the screen to where the star rod will appear, you know, after the boss is beaten. Mm. Um, you use the last mic in that exact spot. The star rod appears on you immediately while you have gone to zero on the mics. And the game glitches out, and it resets to, like, 255. And so now you have infinite mic. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now that's news I can use. <laughs> it is so easy because it's just go to the middle of the screen, jump, mic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have, to, you have to time it right. You have to make sure that the boss has enough health that your last mic is going to kill him. Yeah, but wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, but, uh,
2: and then it, there's a certain point where it totally breaks and he can't progress any further in the game. Like oh. it causes off offlock at some point. Oh, but shit. But not for quite a few <laughs> levels. You get to just <laughs> run around just killing everybody for a while. That's
0: pretty fun yeah you know, <laughs> fucking a uh you know, if you could replicate that i'd love to see it because that's uh you know, that's fun as hell oh, yeah know, easy yeah. just going around micing dudes you know so if you once you have the infinite mics does it still do the progression like every you know like does it do it in sequence you do the it, louder
2: it, and louder it does but it gets glitchy every okay. time <laughs> good <laughs> like weird extra garbage appears on screen as you do it Sweet. The, the counter doesn't say 255. The counter says.
0: <laughs> good. You know. Very good. <laughs> oh, man. I'm in favor of that. But, yeah, Kirby, all around great. Love that guy. Great uh, great character, great games, great series, and uh, great tunes. So, that's what we're going to close out with. Three fantastic songs from Kirby's Adventure. Uh, you know, it's, uh, of course, composed by Juni Shikawa and Hiro Kazuando and uh we got three fantastic songs from it we've got the plains we've got the forest and we've got the castle i don't remember the names of the stages off the top of my head but you'll know them when you hear them and uh that's gonna do it guys that's gonna do it for this month's edition of gain that tune gems thank you jesse and johnny so much for being here um you know uh, just a pleasure as always to get together and listen to some fantastic tunes so uh you know thank you everybody listening thanks for being patrons uh, if you know somebody that you think would like this show, share it with them. Uh, send them over to slash game that tune. Tell them to give us money without even listening to an episode first. And, you know, they'll, I guarantee you, 100% satisfaction, guaranteed. That's our new thing on Patreon. Uh, you yeah, know, we'll find a way to guarantee that satisfaction. You know, whatever you can do to guarantee someone's satisfaction with a podcast in which guys listen to video game music. So uh we love you guys thank you so much for listening and uh let's uh let's just float away with three fantastic songs once again from kirby's adventure we've got the plains we've got the forest and we've got the castle and we love you guys peace out everybody